Welcome to the story. A TVNZ podcast which takes a story that's been in the news and looks at what's behind it. Tonight on One News, Ross's Revenge. The Lone Wolf MP launches an explosive attack on the National Party leader. You're going to release the photos. Um, yes. We'll show the photos of yes. the Chinese businessman. I'm, uh, I'm operating all by myself right now. No, but can you <laughs> tell us the name of that person? If Zhang Yikun. Zhang Yikun. Z-H-A-N-G. Yikun. Y-I-K-U-N. This podcast begins with a photo of two men on a couch. It's brown, leather and polished wood. And Simon Bridges and businessman Zhang Yiquin are sitting on it side by side, toasting each other with cups of tea. Simon Bridges is Nationals leader, of course, but the couch appears not to discriminate. 昨天晚上，奥克兰市长 Phil Goff 到访新西兰潮署总会会长张以坤的住所共进晚餐。Phil Goff 也与在座。Yes, here's the couch again. This time, Auckland Mayor and former Labour leader Phil Goff is sitting on it beside the same man, Zhang Yiquin, also drinking tea. That was a news report from Chinese New Zealand TV network TV33. Those meetings are perhaps not surprising. Moneyed businessmen have been photographed with politicians since there were cameras to take those photographs with. Democracy is one person, one vote, yes, but couch photos tend to be, well, somewhat less egalitarian. Here's another photo of Zhang Yiquin with Simon Bridges. And here, Jamie Lee Ross has joined them in a group shot. That's unlikely to be repeated, all things considered. Here's a photo of Zhang Yiquin with a group of Labour MPs. Phil Goff is in it again. Here's a photo of Zhang Yiquin with a group of National MPs and the party's president, Peter Goodfellow. Here's a photo of Zhang Yiquin and John Key. And here's a photo of Zhang Yiquin and Jacinda Ardern. That is some roll call. But such is the access to moneyed and influential men routinely enjoy to politicians that none of this had even really been noticed by many people until last month when Jamie Lee Ross released this recording. Um, good work though, man. That's a lot of money. Yeah, they're good people. Yes, that now infamous phone conversation Ross had with his then boss, Simon Bridges, about a donation from Zhang Yiquin reportedly of $100,000. But it's what happened next in that phone conversation that raises larger questions. Now, there's no catch or anything to it. Um, it you may recall at the dinner they did discuss um, candidacy and, and another Chinese Jimmy, candidate. Jimmy, um, Colin Zheng, the younger one, he's put his name in for Candidates College. Colin Zheng. Wait, let's return to our photo album because I think we have one of him on the couch with Jamie Lee Ross, Simon Bridges and Zhang Yiquin. Yes, there he is. And at dinner, according to Jamie Lee Ross, in that recording, Zheng's National Party candidacy was discussed. He's put his name in for Candidates College. Um, and so uh, I assume you'll get through Candidates College and we'll just make some decisions as a party further down the track um, what we want to do with candidates. I mean, it's, it's like, like all these things, and it's bloody hard. You've only got so much space. It depends where we're polling. Yeah, I know. All that sort of thing, two Chinese would be nice. But... 
and representative too in demographic terms. But the question is, if selection is determined by access, and access is disproportionately enjoyed by a man like the much photographed but not widely known Zhang Yiquin, who do we end up getting? It's about the community, and with the community comes the party. The party being the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP. It's quite well documented um, the, the extent and the level of the links between certain leaders in the Chinese communities, um, organisations within the mainland Chinese communities and um, CCP links. We'll formally meet Siming Mok shortly, but first let's return to the man with the couch, Zhang Yiquin, political donor, a man with access to prime ministers, party leaders, cabinet ministers and mayors, and a man, as we heard, with ideas about who might be in our parliament. Um, good work though, man. That's a lot of money. Yeah, they're good people. Now, there's no catch or anything to it. Um, at, you may recall at the dinner they did discuss um, candidacy and, and another Chinese candidate. Now, an online biography lists him, and I quote, as member of the Hainan Provincial Political Consultative Conference and member of the Standing Committee of the Hainan Provincial Committee of the People's Republic of China, which is part of what's often called China's United Front. And externally, that means people diplomacy, or what the New York Times called in May of this year, China's vast influence machine. The way the... Chinese Communist Party works is um, it has this vast structure of uh, what's known as United Front activities. The Communist Party has a whole ra a range of agencies whose job is to um, uh, influence and interfere in the affairs of other countries. We'll interrupt Clive Hamilton, to whom we will return, to stress that nothing we've seen in this respect is illegal. Nothing. But it's not very transparent either, sometimes not even close. And we've got a striking example of that from September of last year. And just in the past hour, National's only MP of Chinese descent has admitted he taught Chinese spies English and American studies. Jing Yang, who's been an MP for six years, was responding to an article about his military background when he lived in China. He called parts of the article defamatory and is asking for legal advice on the issue. But he's admitted he knew some of his students would go on to work in the Chinese intelligence service. If you, if you define those uh, cadets or students as spies, yes, then I was teaching spies. And in the capital, watching all of that unfold and reading the newsroom website article that broke that story was a man named Michael Riddell. Father of three, I'm an economist based in Wellington, spent most of my career at the Reserve Bank and a bit at the Treasury and the International Monetary Fund. Um, the last three years or so I've been writing a blog mostly about economic things, but increasingly in the last year I've got interested in these uh, connections between the People's Republic of China and New Zealand. Like many people in this trading nation, Michael Riddell, economist, had first and foremost looked at China and its relationship with New Zealand in economic terms until that newsroom article about the background of national MP Zhen Yang. And then realising that we had somebody who had been um, a part of the military intelligence establishment, um, who had been, probably still is, a member of the Communist Party, sitting in our own parliament, it forced you to stop and wake up. This, unfortunately, is a, uh, a process of infiltration uh, uh, over time to gain influence politically. Before we move on, let's meet our latest guest. 
I'm Clive Hamilton. I'm Professor of Public Ethics at Charles Sturt University here in Canberra and I'm the author of Silent Invasion, China's Influence in Australia. Remember, the influence we're talking about here is the Chinese Communist Parties, the CCP, which is what Ziming Mok told us earlier. Well, it's about the community, and with the community comes the party. But not with all the community, and here's where things get kind of ordinarily human. Like any community here in downtown Auckland, for example, the ethnic Chinese community in New Zealand is not one single lump, homogenous, uniform and one. Not even close. Hi, I'm uh, Tsiming Mok, and I live in Auckland. My family's from Singapore and Malaysia, uh, but my grandfather was from China. And I am currently, I'm finishing a PhD based at the London School of Economics. Uh, I published on Chinese uh, community diversity in the UK, and I also used to work for Amnesty International and the Human Rights Commission. In other words, Ziming Mok is about as likely to have meaningful connections to the CCP as I am to be selected for the All Blacks. And she's not alone. Now, if you look at demographically the Chinese population of New Zealand, um, about half of it is not actually born in mainland China. Okay? The other half is, you know, there's about, you know, from about 30% is New Zealand born. Uh, the rest are from countries that kind of hate China, you know? Many of uh, people of Chinese heritage in New Zealand and in, New and in Australia came here to escape the predations of the Chinese Communist Party. They wanted to come and breathe the air of freedom in uh, the southern lands. The issue here is not, you know, do we welcome immigrants or not? We can have debates about how many immigrants we have and where they might come from. This issue is about the nature of the Chinese Communist Party. It really makes me mad. And what, and what, and what makes you most mad? The answer to that question is twofold, and one part of it was the same no matter who we spoke to for this podcast. It's not simply that the CCP should try to shape New Zealand politics and discourse. Which superpower doesn't behave like that? Ask America about Putin. It's that it does so covertly while trying to pretend it's not. So are you suggesting that there are tentacles into New Zealand life that are unhealthy and problematic? and that it is our job to robustly investigate them? <sighs> and, and how do we have this conversation without sounding xenophobic? When I mean, New Zealand is a member of the Five Eyes, for goodness yeah. sake. America doesn't need tentacles into New Zealand. It just wanders through the front door with its spy equipment. You know, China has to sneak in the back door. <laughs> well, you know, something that I've been saying from the start here is that Wherever there's a mainland Chinese community, there's going to be a segment of it that is really loyal to the CCP. Okay? And all I want is for, for that segment to be really transparent about they, what they want and who they're loyal to. And then the electorate can decide, you know? What did the electorate know about Dr. Xin Yang when it elected him to parliament on the National Party list? Michael Riddell thinks it wasn't nearly as much as we should have known. And he wonders, what do the things Dr Yang didn't tell us mean? Given this guy's background in the military intelligence structure, he would only have been allowed to leave China to study and then to migrate onwards if he'd been regarded as politically reliable. Now, it's one thing for him to have come to New Zealand. We know because he's acknowledged that he misrepresented his past on his immigration forms. 
But perhaps the one that the comparison that I focus on most is to say, would we have regarded it as acceptable in the 70s when we were still a nation of migrants to have had somebody who'd come up through the Russian Communist Party, the Soviet Communist Party, been a member of the KGB or the GRU um, to be serving in our parliament? And not only that, not to have said a single word critical of the regime. You know, somebody who defected from the Soviet Union or Nazi Germany or communist China and come to New Zealand, you might welcome them in our parliament and, in fact, celebrate their presence. Um, but, you know, you go back and look at Jian Yang's maiden speech. Uh, he couldn't even criticise the regime over Tiananmen Square. Um, you know, he won't talk to the English language media. Um, He's spent six, seven years now in parliament and never once uttered a word critical of one of the most troubling regimes on the planet these days. Boy, that's strong. And Jin Yang, National Party List MP, clearly deserves a right of reply. And on Friday, we tried very hard to get one from him. Hello, John Campbell from TVNZ. Yes, Dr Yang here. Thank you very much indeed. Do you have an appointment? No, I don't. You don't? No. Uh, I've been uh, trying to make an appointment with him for months. We thought Dr Yang might be in the Auckland office he shares with fellow MP Paul Goldsmith. Yeah, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Dr Yang was indeed there, and a very polite man invited us inside to wait for him. This was a breakthrough, because since the story of his background broke in September of last year, I've asked him many times for an interview, and despite the fact he's an MP, despite the fact he's paid by the taxpayer to represent the people of New Zealand, he's repeatedly turned me down. Why wasn't he clearer about his background? What is his relationship with the CCP, if any? What is his response to what Michael Riddell was saying about him? Hello. Well, hi, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, Dr. Yang is not being interviewed, okay? Incredibly, although we've been asking for over a year, and he was there, and we were there, his answer was no. Dr. Zhen Yang, MP, who was in a room just a few metres away, simply refused to come out. Your Excellency, to receive the insignia of a member of the New Zealand Order of Merit, Mr. Yikun Zhang of Auckland for services to New Zealand, China relations and the Chinese community. Zhang Yikun hasn't been seen much lately either, although in September the man named as a donor by Jamie Lee Ross, with whom Simon Bridges had dinner and photographed with so many senior politicians, was a government house in Wellington to be made a member of the New Zealand Order of Merit, having been nominated for the honour by National's Dr Jen Yang himself, a former National Party MP, Eric Roy, and Phil Goff. Clive Hamilton says we shouldn't be surprised by any of this. And in fact, it was um, uh, the, the reporting back in 2016 of very large donations from uh, uh, Chinese or Chinese-Australian billionaires to both of our major political parties that led me to think there's something wrong here. What, I mean, what is that all about? And, uh, and it was that that along with other uh, news stories that led me to decide to write the book. And um, there have been uh, reported cases of donations being offered, uh, in one case uh, on the expectation that the Labor Party would change its policy on the South China Sea. Um, and so it was quite disturbing uh, to see this other case uh, in New Zealand arise where um, uh, reportedly a uh, wealthy uh, 
Chinese heritage businessman, uh, promised a large donation uh, to a political party, apparently in return for um, putting a, a couple of um, Chinese heritage people into parliament. And you could be sure <laughs> that it wouldn't be any two uh, Chinese heritage uh, people, but two nominated by the, the donor. Um, good work though, man. That's a lot of money. Yeah, they're good people. Now, there's no catch or anything to it. Um, at, you may recall at the dinner they did discuss um, candidacy and, and another Chinese candidate. Um, Colin Zheng, yeah. the younger one, he's put his name in for Candidates College. Um, yeah. And so uh, I assume you'll get through Candidates College and we'll just make some decisions as a party further down the track um, what we want to do with candidates. I mean... To me, this is a far more uh, significant side of the story than the uh, alleged uh, attempt to uh, hide the $100,000 do donation by splitting it up. What does the National Party say to that? Well, its president, Peter Goodfellow, hasn't responded to our request for an interview. Michael Riddell observes Labor have been strangely silent too on both Zhang Yiquin's donation and any possible quid pro quos that tells you that the problem is much more, much broader than just the National Party. And on MP Xinyang's undeclared background. I mean, I'm staggered that the leader of the Labour Party has not been willing to call out National having a former Chinese military intelligence official in their caucus. Now, in the end, superpowers don't become or remain superpowers by being shy about asserting their interests. The issue is we know this. Everyone knows this. And our response has been... What? If the CCP is indeed doing United Front work here, well, Seming Mock suggests perhaps we shouldn't be trying quite so hard to ignore them or to pretend otherwise. Maybe it's time to simply and publicly state fact. Yes, so-and-so is um, a member of a tributary party of the Chinese Communist Party, you know, for example. Th these things aren't common knowledge. Um, it, so it just means they lie beneath the surface. But it's not racist to point out that people have political ties when they clearly do. Um, and we, I think we just need to up our game a bit about um, the, trans the, the transparency with the links here. Um, you know, and at some point, um, at some point, if, if people think it's politically sensitive to have Communist Party links, then maybe they should get rid of those links. If, if, if our Chinese, if our mainland Chinese-born MPs find it such a political risk of being allied with the Chinese Communist Party that they won't give media interviews, maybe they shouldn't be aligned with the Chinese Communist Party. Um, but it's not the thing is it's happening, and it's not even really being kept a secret. It's just that um, the eye is not on it. You know, the, the public is not aware because the information isn't being made public and it's not being made transparent. That was The Story, a TVNZ podcast produced by Julie Clothier and edited by Justin Moore. I'm John Campbell. Thanks for joining us.